What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 50 of the Two Stripes Podcast, the podcast that covers everything happening around the world of college football. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host. And like I said, this is the 50th episode of the Two Stripes Podcast. So I want to thank you for listening into what I think is a very special episode of the show today and uh, if you're a returning listener subscriber to the show and if you've been down since day one I very much appreciate it and uh, love that you're along to listen to the show and if you want to find the show and any of the previous 49 episodes of the two stripes podcast you can do so by going on to soundcloud.com slash two stripes pod or by searching the two stripes podcast on apple podcasts and you can subscribe to the show there Before we get into today's show, a little bit of personal news. I have been super unemployed for the most part for like the last, I don't know, five or or six months has been a real struggle finding a job. But earlier today, I accepted a position with the Oakland Athletics Baseball Club to work in social media and do a lot of in-game stuff with them. So I'm very excited to, uh, I'll be leaving Boulder, Colorado and and heading out to Oakland here in the next couple of weeks. Don't know how I'm going to swing that, how I'm going to make it all work out, but I'm very excited with this opportunity and, uh, and the challenges and the possibilities for the future with, with my career. So just some personal news that I wanted to share, maybe a little quiet on the show front here after this episode for a little bit, but, uh, I don't plan on going anywhere. I still want to have the show and uh, deliver some good college football anecdotes and information to your ears. So if you like the show, please don't think that it is going anywhere. But just wanted to share that personal news before I got into today's show. On that note, today's episode is about the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And last week, I had the opportunity to speak with Andy York who is one of the contributors for the dailygopher.com, that is SB Nation's Minnesota blog. And we talked about Minnesota football, P.J. Fleck, his infectious attitude, what he's done to not reinvigorate the program because they won nine games in 2016, but he's brought a totally different type of flair and energy, especially in recruiting, to Minnesota. And we talked a lot about what his vision for the program is and how their new athletes village is a game changer for the program and talked about 2018 what the on-field product is going to look like unfortunately their starting running back shannon brooks hurt his knee after we recorded this episode and is out for the season so something to note when you're listening to this episode but we talked a lot about the offense how they can improve and whether or not you should expect minnesota to go to a bowl this season and even if they don't, why the program is on an upward trajectory. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait for you to hear it, so let's get into it right now. Here is Andy York of thedailygopher.com. I am super excited to be joined on the show, the 50th episode of the Two Stripes podcast, I guess the the golden episode, and I swear I didn't do this on purpose, by one of the managing editors of thedailygopher.com, SB Nation's Minnesota Golden Gopher site, and his name is Andy York. Andy, thanks for joining the show, my friend. Hey, no problem. Nice to see it's the big 5-0, and uh, hopefully we can live up to the uh, the hype of the other 49. 
Yeah, hopefully we can make this, dare I say, elite. You know what? That's how we live our life, elite with a, a necton mentality. So we just got to, you know, go right for it. <laughs> let's let's do it, man. I, I have it written down. How many times can we say elite on this episode of the podcast? But if people don't know what we're referring to, that would be second year head coach P.J. Fleck in Minnesota's first year, or I guess in his first year in Minnesota. Team goes 5-7, and 2-7 and seven in conference after going 9-4 in 2016. But a lot of different changes for Minnesota. And before we get into this season, how, how do you think that P.J. Fleck and his staff did in year one? You know, I think he did um, about as well as could be expected. There was a lot of turmoil going into last season um, with the, the the firing of Tracy Clays and the, uh, the leaving of the coaching staff that, you know, had, had been around for five, six seasons and, and pretty solidly all together. Uh, so you're bringing in an entire new staff, an entire new system. Um, you know, there's definitely going to be some turnover. Uh, the fact that the Gophers were having trouble in the quarterback position didn't help anything to begin with either. Um, so, you know, I think I think most Gopher fans were kind of hoping we'd make a bowl last year, but I don't think any reasonable fan was thinking anything higher than six and six and seven and five. So five and seven really wasn't that off from from our original hopes. So, um, you know, I think we're definitely hoping that year two will be a little bit better, but we know that there's still a long way to go to uh, to build the program back up from from where it was. And it's so interesting how many differences there are between. P.J. Fleck and his staff compared to the last staff, like you said, under Tracy Clays and Jerry Kill, that was a staff that had basically, what, for the better part of 10, 15 years, almost all traveled together throughout wherever Jerry Kill was coaching and just reading up about Minnesota in their offseason this year. P.J. Fleck said about this year's recruiting class and losing, I think, three of his assistants that, hey, I don't want these guys to be with me forever if if they're with me forever, that shows that the program really isn't making progress. So when other guys leave for like Texas A&M or any of these other schools, it shows that, hey, other schools are looking at these guys he's brought in and it's a sign of progress for the program. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think there's definitely uh, two ways to look at it. One from, you know, I think most reasonable go for fans are just like you said, it's, it's seeing these these assistants leaving for, for bigger name programs for, you know, basically promotions. Um it's something that looks good on the program and, and you can get a good crop of assistants coming in who know that they have the ability to, to be that next group up. Now there's always going to be the naysayers who come in and say, well, that just shows that, you know, there's upheaval in the program and, and that consistency is, is what you like to see. You don't like to see, you know, different coordinators every year and things like that. And, and I think that the honest truth is you want to try and find a good solid middle ground. Um, you know, you like seeing your, your younger position coaches getting promoted to coordinator jobs and things like that. But there is something to be said about stability from year to year. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see as we go into year two and year three in the off seasons, if there is quite as much upheaval as there was after the first year, because I think there are a few coaches that PJ Fleck hired, um, you know, on shorter term deals, uh, who who came in the first year to make a, a make an impact and now are, are looking elsewhere. Um, that that may not happen in years two and three off season wise. And whenever you talk about PJ Fleck, one of the first things you bring up is recruiting, and that was something where Minnesota did very well in the 2018 class. Signed a total of 26 kids three four-stars. They finished 36th in the 24-7 sports composite. It was their highest finish since 2008, so just about a decade. What stands out about the way that Fleck and his staff recruit compared to previous regimes, and what stands out to you most about the 2018 recruiting class? 
Well, one one obvious right off the blast is, is P.J. Fleck is not afraid to go after the top tier recruit. Um, you know, I think it's 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 obvious in, in looking at a couple of kids that Minnesota pulled last season that never would have even remotely thought to come to Minnesota under the previous regime. Um, you know, talking about a, a Daniel Falele uh, out of IMG Academy, his his teammate Carlos Dunlap, uh, an offensive guard, both. Um, both brought into the fold at Minnesota because of uh, Zach Anikstad, who who is coming in actually as a walk-on quarterback from IMG Academy, originally from Mankato, Minnesota. Uh, his brother's already a walk-on wide receiver on the team, uh, but he took over the starting job at IMG last year and sort of got his teammates to sort of think about uh, Minnesota as an actual real uh, real potential school. And, and Dunlap, who was originally verbal to Florida, and Falele, who was flirt, flirting with teams in the SEC, uh, got in the room with P.J. Fleck. And P.J. Fleck, as everybody says, if P.J. Fleck can get you one-on-one in a room, there is not many other coaches who are a better closer recruiting-wise in college football. And uh, and that's really shown in some of our class. Um, you know, he, he's pulling athletes, again, out of the South, uh, Rashad Bateman is a name that Big Ten fans are going to hear for the next few years. Wide receiver out of Georgia. Um, Georgia was pushing him really, really hard right before the early signing date to, to postpone and and wait until uh, wait until February to maybe sign with them as they had a couple of holes. And he, he stayed true and fast to the Gophers. And he's really one person who we're really excited about thinks can be a, a huge impact receiver here in the next couple of years for Minnesota. And then I think the other name that you'll be hearing a lot um, one way or other will probably be Vic Viramontes. Uh, Viramontes, Juco quarterback out of uh, California, was originally committed to Michigan. Then I went to Cal, played one year at Cal, and after uh, the coaching change there, decided to go back to Juco. Um, he'll have three years to play at Minnesota, and uh, behind the scenes, we're hearing great things about him. I think it's uh, a fairly strong possibility he'll win the starting job here this spring and will probably be the Gophers' starting quarterback come uh, their opening game in August. Well, and one of the ways, maybe the main way now for Fleck and his staff to something that they can really sell is this new athletes village that they built on campus. I think it was what, $166 million. I was looking at the pictures of it earlier today. This thing is like top level division one football. Nice. How much of a game changer is that for the Minnesota program? Oh, absolutely infinite. You know, uh, we got a tour of it about two weeks ago, myself and another manager from the daily go for along with some of the other media in the twin cities. And it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we're talking state-of-the-art training equipment. We're talking an indoor practice facility that rivals any practice facility in, in college football and probably better than and most NFL teams. Um, it's, it's an absolute game changer. You know, we, we always heard from recruits in the last cycle who were getting in and seeing it as it was being constructed, being constructed, you know, wow, this is going to be really impressive. This is going to be really impressive. Well, now you can actually get recruits in the finished facility. And, I mean, the... Obviously, as most people know, Minneapolis held the Super Bowl here in February, and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles were practicing in that facility uh, leading up to the Super Bowl, and and a couple of the reporters here in the Twin Cities were getting quotes from uh, players on the Eagles who played at Wisconsin, who played at Alabama, saying, this is 
as nice a facility as we've seen. This compares with what Alabama has. This compares with what Florida has. So I think it's a game changer for Minnesota recruiting. You know, when you can point, for, for a long time, Minnesota's facilities were, were lacking way behind. They were very near the bottom of the Big Ten. And now we've got the facilities to compete with some of the big boys. Um, and, and if we can just get the play on the field to increase a little bit, I think you're really going to see the Gophers becoming a threat, you know, from the Big Ten West for sure. And we all hope that, you know, maybe that leads to even bigger goals here down the line. Well, let's talk about the on-field product in the area that probably, not not even probably, definitely needs the most improvement was offensively. Last year, they finished 120th in offensive S&P Plus. They were one of the least explosive offenses in the country. It's only 111 plays of 10 or more yards. That was only ahead of Rutgers and UTEP. And you brought up Vic Viramontes earlier, and that, that seems to be the main thing for them offensively this year is whether it's him or, or somebody else that quarterback play is going to drive how much this offense can improve this season. Oh, oh 100%. I mean, Minnesota with Demery Croft and Connor Rhoda at the quarterback position was lackluster at best last season. Um, you know, and, and that goes back to sort of the previous regime's recruiting is that uh, a philosophy of the Jerry Kill, Tracy Clay's recruiting school is they all wanted quarterbacks who could play another position just in case something happened and they wanted to have position flexibility. P.J. Fleck wants to recruit a quarterback. He wants the guy to be a quarterback who can play quarterback and nothing else. And so I think with Vic Veramontes, we've got a quarterback who can actually make some plays both with his feet and his arms. Um, you know, and you tie that into we still got Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks, who's arguably one of the top one-two running back combinations in the Big Ten. Um, so the playmakers hopefully will be there. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of wide receivers who are coming back off of injury who will be redshirt freshmen this season, uh, along with Bateman coming in. Uh, and Tyler Johnson, who, who you know, was doing it all himself for one point last season before getting hurt towards the end of the year. But uh, so I think the, the, the playmakers are there. Now they just need to formulate behind an offensive line that will hopefully be improved to allow them to have some time to do some things this season. Um, but, you know, unfortunately last year, Whoever was playing quarterback for the Gophers was running for their lives more often than not. So uh, if, if Minnesota can put it all together, now nah, they're not going to be a top four, top five offense in the Big Ten, but there's no reason why they can't be in that middle grouping and actually, you know, show up some games. And so there, there were some games last year where the Gophers just knew, you know, unless our defense miraculously holds teams to 17 points, we don't have a shot. Uh, they just couldn't keep up with some of the more high-powered offenses in the Big Ten, and, and hopefully this season that will be a little bit uh, – little bit more of a goal I want to talk about wide receiver Tyler Johnson here for a second because even as an Ohio State fan you know I don't get to see a lot of Minnesota given that they don't play every single season and just looking at his numbers it it wasn't quite efficient and that probably has more to do with the quarterback play than it does him but he had 35 catches for 677 yards seven touchdowns averaged almost 20 yards per catch he seems like if there's some consistent quarterback play even decent quarterback play that he could legitimately be a star in the Big Ten almost definitely he's, he's an incredible athlete uh, he came out of uh, Minneapolis North High School so he's a local kid um, could have played D1 basketball uh, he's got an incredible vertical um, you know and there was some question whether he was going to play wide receiver or defensive back for the Gophers because he's got that ability to to, to play corner as well and and he really sort of broke out as a wide receiver and became sort of the number one threat for the gophers on their offense um 
and that was unfortunately almost a little bit by default last year because he seemed to be the only guy who could who could run decent routes and, and get open in coverage. Um, so he definitely has that ability. If you can find a quarterback that can, can get him the ball in space regularly, he's got the ability to make some people miss. And really, I think that was the one thing that the Gophers got from Johnson last year that we have not had in the past is we finally got a receiver that can make people miss after the catch. Um, I, I don't have his, his yak numbers in front of me, but, uh, but I know it was infinitely greater than we'd had anything the previous couple of seasons. Um, and, and obviously, you know, for an offense that like Minnesota that isn't very explosive in the passing game, any extra yards you can get is great. So I think, yeah, I, I totally agree. If, if, if Whether Vic Vermontas wins the job or one of our other quarterbacks ends up winning the job, um, if, if they can get the ball to Johnson in space, he can really have a, a good season this, this fall. Now that we're in year two of P.J. Fleck, do you think that there's going to be any big – changes uh philosophically on offense because just just looking through their stat sheet they were 112th in offensive pace and flex offenses at western michigan weren't you know breakneck top 10 in pace but his last one at at wmu was 44th and they like to they like to run the ball on both standard downs and passing downs but it seems like another year in the system he kind of knows what he's working with they'll kind of shift that philosophy a little bit more to what we saw with Fleck at Western Michigan. I think I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, and, and it all comes back to having a quarterback he can trust. I don't think he could trust Demery Croft or Connor Rhoda at all last season to run the offense he wants to run. And so that obviously limited what he could do and what the Gophers could do as a team. So if he can trust uh, Veramontes or, or Tanner Morgan was his, uh, his top quarterback recruit last season, will be a redshirt freshman this year who also has the potential to win the job. Uh, I think you'll see that up pick and tempo and running. I mean, we've got the running backs who can definitely do that in, in rotating in, in Smith and Brooks. Um, you know, as long as you've got an offensive line that can protect you and is willing to get back on top of the ball and keep things moving. I, I see no reason why that shouldn't improve this season, but it all comes back to whether they can get the quarterback play necessary to do it. Defensively, they were pretty solid last year, finishing 45th in S&P Plus, and a lot of those pieces are back this year. What What's their philosophy on defense, and what's the outlook for them this year? You know, I think our defense is going to be pretty good. Um, you'll see a few, a few swaps, I think. Last year, uh, Minnesota's defensive line was uh, – dwindled in depth uh basically pj fleck had been harping on it or whatever when he got here minnesota had one upperclassman defensive tackle on the roster and so he, his whole goal was to basically to to replenish that um you saw that in the fact that carter coughlin uh who's made his name as a linebacker was one of the best linebacker recruits a couple of years ago was playing basically a, a position they called a rush end uh, Minnesota wants to run a four three they were running almost a hybrid three four last year because they had Coughlin who who's you know he, he's decent size he's six three two forty five but is much more an offensive linebacker type playing sort of the the defensive end rush end spot on the d line i think now that minnesota's got a little bit more depth in the d line you'll see them go back and move coughlin back and run a much more traditional four three um our, our linebackers are by far the strength of our defense uh with coughlin kamal martin and thomas barber uh you've got three minnesota kids who will be uh they're all juniors and they all should uh, be a formidable attack. And then our secondary, that'll be a little more interesting. Um, Minnesota's had a few secondary depth losses in the offseason from from transfers and from injuries and things like that. Uh, but you still bring Antoine Winfield Jr. back, um, and he's that ball-hawking 
sort of hybrid nickel corner safety can play anywhere in the defensive secondary and uh, really is the key to the gopher secondary if he if he's on the gophers are having a great time if uh, if he's not 100 percent like you you missed the latter half of the season last year with an, with an injury and you saw the gopher gophers defensive performance really drop off after uh, he was out of the lineup and to your point about the defensive line, it seems like if they can kind of figure things out a little bit, they can really open things up for Coughlin, Martin, and Barber because that that's a pretty prolific trio, especially Barber who doesn't get a ton of love, but you know, just raw numbers wise, he had ten and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, and seventeen run stuffs, including uh, an interception and three passes broken up and three forced fumbles. So this guy's everywhere, and if the the defensive line can kind of take on blocks and free up for those guys, it seems like that can really open up the potential of this defense. And, that, and that's definitely true. I mean, the linebackers were making a lot more stops than they needed to last year because, yeah, our defensive line was just sort of getting blown right through, and and uh, you know they were battling through blocks as as the as the offensive line was getting to the second level right away so uh if minnesota can improve they've got a couple of young kids who uh, again you know you never can tell exactly what you're hearing but we're hearing good things from practice a couple of freshmen uh who will be redshirt freshmen this fall who didn't play last year who who you know hopefully will be able to make an uh, appearance on the end uh abia coney uh out of georgia is one and um uh trying to find his name here da, 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 da. uh easy Otowemo, I'm going to butcher that one for about the first six games of the year. He's, he's out of Indianapolis. Um, you know, th- those are the kids, I think, who have the potential to come in and step in and play immediately as, as freshmen and redshirt freshmen and, and really sort of shore up that defensive line for the Gophers. So when I talked to the folks at Hammer and Rails a couple of weeks back, one of the things that we kind of harped on was were, were the improvements that uh, the Big Ten West has made, and specifically through coaching, you see what – Purdue did with Brom. You see what Minnesota did with Fleck. There are already entrenched guys with Kirk Ferentz, whatever you know you want to say about him, but he's been there and Iowa has their system and Wisconsin is very steady with Paul Christ and now Nebraska hire Scott Frost. What, what do you feel about Minnesota standing in that group right now? Because it feels like it's Wisconsin, uh, a gap, and then in whatever order you want to have for the next three or four years, it's Nebraska, Iowa, Northwestern, Purdue, and Minnesota. And then, of course, there's there's Illinois just chilling at the bottom there. But <laughs> everything seems kind of for the taking there with those that middle-tier group in the Big Ten West. Oh, 100%. It's, it, it seems to be wide open. I mean, yeah, obviously, Paul Christ in Wisconsin, you know, every, every year – you hear Gopher fans in the chat are going, okay, this is the year Wisconsin's going to drop off a little bit, and this is the year Minnesota's going to make the run, and it never seems to happen. They always you know, seem to battle through whatever injury issues they have, and they always seem to, to get hot at the right time and, and do what they need to do. And, and under Paul Chris, that's not going to change. Wisconsin's going to be a solid program for, for the next you know, several years. Um, it's that second tier where I think, yeah, Minnesota, Purdue, Iowa, Northwestern, are all going to be fighting with Nebraska. Um, you know, I think I'd, I'd be lying if, if sitting back the rest of the Big Ten West wasn't hoping that Scott Frost ended up at Florida State or Florida or some other school down there rather than coming back to Nebraska because I honestly do think he's going to who's going to get them back up to respectability. Now, um, how fast that will happen and to what level I think is still completely up in the air. And we, you know, Minnesota definitely has, has high hopes for PJ Fleck. And, and once he gets his program established and gets his culture in and getting the recruits he want, making an impact and, and getting Minnesota up to that second tier as well. Um, 
but it, it for, for all honest purposes, the next two or three years, it's probably going to be a free-for-all of those five teams fighting to try and finish second in the Big Ten West behind Wisconsin, and, and maybe, hopefully, um, you know, one of these years, Wisconsin will, will get complacent and, and drop a couple extra games, and somebody else can get ahead of them and pull ahead and go into the Big Ten title game in Indy, but... Uh, you know, it's 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 wide open. I think for the taking, it's just gonna try and it's gonna be a combination of nailing the recruits you bring in and coaching them up, and trying to win a few recruiting battles over some of those other teams. Now, I think that was one thing Minnesota did pretty well towards the end of last year, is they got a couple of guys that you know normally might have gone to a Nebraska or gone to an Iowa or things like that. Now, Iowa would say the same thing. They got a couple of guys that Minnesota was interested in too. So, um, you know, it it. You want to recruit on a national scale, but when it all comes down to it, it's it's trying. The first step is trying to to win that Big Ten West, and then you can worry about everything out of that. What do you think fair expectations are for 2007 or 2018? Because you look at the non-conference, and it starts with New Mexico State, Fresno State, and Miami of Ohio. And I think your general college football fan would tend to look at that and think, oh, that's three easy wins. Those are two bowl teams, a Fresno State team who was really good last season. Even Miami of Ohio was solid, even though they didn't make the bowl. And then they play Big Ten road games at Maryland, at Ohio State, at Nebraska, and at Wisconsin, along with their slate of home games. So so what do you think are fair expectations, and what do you think the ceiling for this Minnesota team is? Yeah, you know, the expectations point is going to be one of interest because it's probably going to be lower than uh, than a bunch of Gopher fans would hope. Um, as, as you said, the non-conference from to the to the farewell the fan looks like it should be a, a typical three and and0 Big Ten non-conference schedule. But that Fresno State game is the one that's going to be going to be really tough. Uh, Jeff Tedford had a program going in in, in great ways again. Now, uh, one thing that at least as a Gopher fan we're looking at that seems advantageous is they just lost their defensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago to the CFL. Um, so what what that does to that side of the ball would be a little more interesting. But yeah, that that's definitely not a game that Minnesota fans can and then dare overlook. Um, we're very happy that it's going to be at TCF Bank Stadium and not out there. I know we go out there next year, 2020, I believe. So um, I think I think being at home, that will be a, the huge advantage to Minnesota. But yeah, our, our road Big Ten slate is is awful this year. At, as you said, at Maryland, at Ohio State, okay, at Illinois, if we, if we don't pull that one out, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> but at Nebraska, at Wisconsin, um, I mean, to be perfectly honest, that looks off the bat like a one and four road Big Ten slate. So, um, you know, I think a lot will depend on the unknown play of, of, of Veramontes or another quarterback. I, I think Veramontes will win the job. Um, but until you get him out there in the field, you, you can't honestly see what you can see. So I think, you know, I think I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked by anything from four and eight to eight and four if things really go well i would say the ceiling is probably about eight and four um but i think you know as a gopher fan legitimately not you know looking at it with maroon and gold colored glasses i would think the goal would be six and six and getting back to a bowl game yeah and and i, and I don't think that that's unreasonable and, and at the same time too just from an outsider's view no matter what happened, like even if they just bomb out this year and, and vera montez isn't the guy i really like their long-term even just much better than I like their short-term prospects, even if they do finish six and six or seven and six, because it feels like they have such forward momentum and it's easy 
for people to look at a guy like PJ Fleck. And if you dislike the coach that has that type of energy and just brings what PJ Fleck does, you know, if he goes four and eight, I'm sure that there's going to be a ton of old grizzled columnists out in Minnesota that say like, Oh, he, he's not the guy. He's just another Glenn Mason or, you know, whatever, whatever that may be. Cause that's, you know, the moniker that recruiting quote unquote coaches get when they don't succeed. But it seems like no matter what, that Minnesota really has a nice long-term fit and a long-term future between the way that they're recruiting, the vision for the program, this athlete's village, and the money that's coming into the program. Oh, and definitely. And I think that's the difference between the, uh, you know, the hardcore gopher fans who are willing to look a few years in the future and the fair weather gopher fans who just look at the record and go five and seven. How would you go from nine and four to five and seven and, and just start complaining about PJ Fleck and the way he's doing things is yeah. I, the, the, the good serious fans are looking and seeing, okay, well, you know, we're, we're definitely imp- implementing, you know, a culture change. And it's like you said, the, the, there's a couple of grizzled columnists <laughs> who already have, you know, sort of picked up on the fleckisms and, and are definitely not, not fans and things like that. Um, but it, it, from, from things we're hearing, he really is starting to change the culture of the program, making players more accountable, making players more dedicated, getting them community service oriented in the community. Um, you know, and those are all things that, will start to steamroll on top of one another. Um, would the play of the field like to be better? Oh yeah, it'd be great. But I don't think if he goes five and seven again this year, that most of the you know hardcore gopher fans are going to start freaking out. Are we, we going to start getting slightly concerned? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, anybody does after two years of dropping like that. But as you said, the future really looks bright. If he can continue to recruit at the level he recruited last year, there's absolutely no reason why Minnesota shouldn't be fighting for the top of the Big Ten West crown here in a year or two. Well, I know that I'm a big fan of him and, and can't wait to see what they do not only this season but going forward and if you need to keep it locked on anything happening in Minnesota Gophers football or just Minnesota athletics in general be sure to visit the dailygopher.com you can also follow them on Twitter at the daily gopher and if you need an audio fix you can listen to their podcast which is the sky you podcast and that is on Apple, it is on SoundCloud. Wherever you get podcasts, you can listen to the Sky U podcast and you can find all of Andy's work on Twitter. Andy, where can they follow you? Yeah, you can follow me. My Twitter is York A nineteen eighty two, Y O R K A nineteen eighty two, or uh, or the Daily Gopher on Twitter, just at the Daily Gopher. There's uh, several of us that, that run that feed through the day. Um, you can generally tell if I'm on it if there's things being tweeted out about hockey <laughs> um, I, ho- hockey is another one of my big things besides go for football but uh, but yeah no check us out and, and come comment on our posts and and you know we love to have uh, other fans of uh, other big 10 teams give their impression of pj fleck and their impression of uh, of the gopher program and have some great conversations yeah and you know as an ohio state fan who also lives in boulder and, and cheers for Colorado I've got nothing but dislike in my heart for Nebraska and I'm really sick of Wisconsin at this point so like if Minnesota can make a run and be good I'm all about it man that's a nice thing is yeah I mean PJ Flex got that national respect that I think there's a lot of people that will be Minnesota fans if Minnesota can just get up to that level and and you know get back to respectability here in the next year or two and uh yeah, it, it's going to be a long slog, but I think uh, we, st- we still think PJ's the guy to get us there, and we're, we're on the road. I think so, too. And once again, if you guys want to catch up with anything going on in Minnesota football, visit thedailygopher.com. Follow them on Twitter at thedailygopher, and follow Andy on Twitter at YorkA1982. 
1982. Andy, thank you for joining the show, the 50th show. I think we, we did it number 50 justice and uh, talking about Minnesota football, man. I, I do think it was a uh, pretty elite conversation. <laughs> totally agree. Thanks for joining, my friend. Thank you. I think that that was a pretty elite episode. I don't know. I'll have to uh, have to at PJ Fleck on a tweet and see what he thinks. But there was a lot of really cool information from that, and Andy, uh, Andy, I think does a real good job of summarizing what uh, what you can expect from Minnesota this year, some of the strengths, weaknesses, and where the program is going. They're certainly more interesting, I think, than they ever have been. Even when they had success under. Jerry Kill, they were kind of just a bland team, and I think that this Minnesota team has a really cool identity under Fleck, and with that athlete's village, that can be something to where they can pull a couple of four-star recruits that they may not have gotten three or four years ago, you know, combined with Fleck's ability and his personality. I, I think that that recruiting is going to take a little bit of time to manifest itself, but in two or three classes from now, they're going to have some good depth built up and uh, be able to compete in the Big Ten West. I don't know if they're going to win championships or compete for championships every year in that division, but uh, I, I think that they should be able to be in the mix, and I'm excited to see what Minnesota does going forward. Thank you to Andy once again for joining the show. Follow him on Twitter at YorkA1982. Follow The Daily Gopher on Twitter at The Daily Gopher and find all of their work same place, thedailygopher.com. That's going to wrap up today's show. I want to thank you all for listening to the 50th episode of the Two Stripes Podcast. I hope that Andy and myself did it justice. I think we did a pretty good job. And the best way we can find out is if you give me some feedback. Go to soundcloud.com slash pod. Tell me what you think about the show and subscribe to the show. Go on to Apple Podcasts, search the Two Stripes Podcast, subscribe, review, leave me some feedback, and tell me what you think about the show. Until next time, though, I appreciate everybody listening. Hope you all have a phenomenal weekend. My name is Colton Denning, and this is the Two Stripes Podcast. Thank you.